Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Somebody's alive. So that was a, a song by B1 
uh, talking about just uh, the importance for us to recognize, appreciate people whilst they are still living, whilst they are still living, not when somebody dies. So welcome, welcome, welcome to Zanos Radio Show. It's exactly 2.03 Eastern Time up here in Indiana, and I just want to welcome you for taking this time on this uh, Labor Day. I don't even know whether it's Labor Day or it's Memorial Weekend. So at least for some of us, it's a it's a four-day holiday. So thank you, ladies, for gentlemen, for taking time to be on the show. Today we'll be discussing a very, very touchy, a very, very important topic, and this is life insurance. Life insurance is something that I think where we come from in Zambia, uh, we need to be talking about life insurance because I think we grew up in a culture or a climate or environment where this was not something that people would discuss. I have had some chats with people. When you talk about life insurance, they feel like, hey, I'm not going to die. It's a sign that you, uh, maybe you're bringing bad luck on yourself. So we need to change that mentality. So today we have a gentleman from uh, Zimbabwe, and he's going to be sharing uh, what they have going on on their side. It's not per se an insurance uh, program or policy, but it's just some assistance program that they have going on. So later on in the program, we'll be hearing from Mr. Cuthbert Machimera, is I think in the great state of Dallas, Texas. And also prior to getting to the gentleman, we'll be discussing just in general why life insurance is important. Just like I mentioned, we come from a culture where most of us feel life insurance is not important. If you talk about life insurance, it's maybe a sign you are sort of bringing bad luck on yourself. So that's the mindset we are hoping to break. So I have my colleagues here. This is the the former association president for Illinois, Mr. Blair Siajunza. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Bernanoa, and welcome, everybody. So, yeah, it is a Labor Day weekend, so thank you for that nice intro and uh this is indeed uh, a very, very important subject, especially for those uh, of us in diaspora, the Zambians that are in, in diaspora here. I, I know it's, uh, it takes uh, a while for mindset to change, but I think we talking about it and sharing stories and um, keeping this issue alive will help us get to a better place because we all know what happens, especially here in diaspora when, when people fall in hard times and when, uh, of course, we all know uh, they say there are two things guaranteed. You are going to pay your taxes and there's a day when you leave this earth. So those things are certain, but for some reason, African culture, uh, the re- uh, reluctance to plan around, you know, what happens when you pass, even uh, a will, a living will, is another issue. And we know the complexities that come with uh, not having instructions, especially here in, in the U.S. Now, when you get it, unfortunately, uh, I'm not saying this will happen to anybody, but unfortunately, we, we've had cases where people have uh, been in, unconscious or in, in 
coma state. Mm-hmm. And the hospital has no instructions on what to do, whether to resuscitate or not, whether to keep you in life support or not. So talking about these things, I think, will help us as a the Zambian community, especially here in the U.S. So thank you, Buenanoa, and I look forward to this discussion. I won't say much, otherwise I'll steal the thunder. But thank you. Okay, all right. No, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, so this is Labor Day weekend, and thank you for the, that correction. So we are also joined by the Secretary General for OZA. This is the Organization for Zambians Abroad. So uh, we extended an invitation because we, we as association leaders and we as leaders in general, we have to be speaking the same uh, – uh, coming to the same table – to pitch to our people so that at least we're speaking the same language because whether you belong to OZA, you belong to an association, you don't belong to an association, at the end of the day, just like my colleague alluded to, there are two things that are assured. And sometimes some people, you can dance around taxes and put your your savings in these offshore accounts where you're not taxed. There, I think, I mean, the climate in the country where the president has been unable to uh, reveal or expose or share his taxes may speak to that. But something that is very guaranteed for all of us is death. Uh, Just when you are born, there's also an appointment time when you will die. So we as as leaders, especially in the United States, we have to speak the same language. We have to be uh, communicating to our people and ensuring that at least they purchase life insurance. So without, uh, let me go ahead, I mean, uh, welcome my colleague, uh, the OZA Secretary General. Welcome to our shop, sir. Uh, thank you very much um, for inviting us and uh, to come and uh, be part of this uh, discussion on uh, this very, very important uh, topic. As um, you have rightly put it, um, insurance is one of those um, instruments or tools that you can use to ensure that you have a a dignified uh, send-off and that you can also secure your your last expenses on earth and ensure that your families do not stray at the time that you the unfortunate happens. Um, again, we cannot overemphasize that um, um, there has been a lot of cultural immersion to actually, you know, uh, move and prepare for this. It used to be a taboo, like many people have pointed out here, for uh, an African or even a Zambian to, to write a will or to prepare for death, you know, um, I remember vividly um, one time my father sat me down and he's like, young man, we need to kind of secure a plot at one of the cemeteries in Livingston for our family burials. Maybe we need to buy a plot over there and secure it. I felt, why is this this man saying this? Why is this man talking like this? But later, years later on, when he passed away, um, uh, we, you know, we ended up burying him somewhere there. But then later on, a certain family member that passed on later on, 
the cemetery was full. And we had to, you know, um, bury them at a different location away from the city. And um, that taught me a lesson. Uh, my father had foresight in you that there was a time that, like you have rightly put, there was a time that um, um, each one of us at an appointed time um, that we're going to depart this earth. And um, he was asking basically for me to prepare for the family and everyone else and for myself. So we cannot overemphasize the issue of preparation. But also, um, without taking much of your time, it's also about the issue of reducing stress for those, um, your beloved family, the community at large, and society at large. Uh, if I have a financial instrument that can take care of all the final expenses when I die, uh, there will be less stress on my family, and there will be less stress on the community, and we can slowly reduce the dependency on uh, GoFundMe and all these other uh, charitable avenues that we use to support funerals. Um, and as OZA, uh, we, have, uh, we have developed a vehicle. We have developed a program. It's called the Membership uh, Benefits Program. And the Membership Benefits Program, uh, we have partnered with uh, MLife uh, Zambia uh, to provide uh, some, and these are uh, instruments that the diaspora community can buy into and, uh, and, 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 you know, ensure themselves, you know, protect themselves against, you know, uh, unfortunate events like death. And not just themselves, but also their, siblings, their spouses and children. So um, we are negotiating with, uh, uh, we just had a discussion last week with MLife to extend this. Uh, these facilities to siblings um, uh, back home and, and here in the diaspora. Uh, we have had this partnership uh, since uh, the last two years, and we are now in an expansion phase. I reached out to a number of you. A few of you have actually reached out to uh, the, the presidents of associations. If we could extend that facility to your members, and your memberships, and a number of you have come back to me, and we are working on some modalities on how we can do that. So again, uh, it's a very important topic. Um, please, please, if you um, need such a facility or such a plan, a cash funeral cash plan, contact your local association presidents. Um, they'll contact OZA leadership. And, and, and it's important. Let me make this very important key before I, um, I, I actually um, uh, stop here as my last point. Um, OZA works with associations. Uh, one of the key requirements for joining our funeral cash plan that is administered under the membership benefits program is that one has to belong to an association. Or you have to belong. To, uh, you have to be a member of OSA. So someone can't just come out there. You know, I don't belong to anywhere. 
I just want to join this. No. Uh, you have to, we are filtering this, we are expanding this program through associations and also directly to our members as also. So it's important that people uh, actually uh, uh, get some kind of insurance, not just through MLife, but also here in the USA, there's a lot of insurance products, some as low as $10 that you can actually get and uh, protect yourself. Thank you. Yeah, so well said, well said, sir. Uh, as, as people, as Zambians, because I know we can, uh, there are certain things that we can avoid as a people, but death is not one of them. So I think that's the only thing that is guaranteed in life. Uh, we have to make sure that at least as we are living, we are making plans, we are taking the necessary steps to prepare because we we've seen this play out time and time again where somebody dies and then, of course, I know situations are different, but uh, it, life insurance or final expenses provide some cash back in terms of wealth for those who are left behind. If you plan ahead of time, you secure life insurance, when the time comes, it's not that if the time will come. The time will come for each one of us to to meet our end. So when the time comes, especially for some of us with children, we have to ensure that at least there is a plan uh, in place. How are my kids going to sustain themselves when I'm not around? So that's where life insurance comes in, especially for people with small kids. Small kids, by this I mean below 18 years old, they are term life insurance policy which covers someone for an extended period of time or maybe five years, ten years, if you have, for instance, a child who is ten years old. So you know the legal age for that person to be legally uh, sort of an adult in this country, you have to, I mean, they have to be at the age of 18, 19, or 21. So life insurance, for instance, a child with ten, uh, about ten years old, you want to make sure that you purchase at least a minimum of, of eight to ten year term policy. So in the event of death, which means that the child or the family, they'll be able to have at least some cushion or something to fall back on until the child at least gets passed to adulthood when they are able to work for themselves and earn a living. So it's very, very important if you have children to have life insurance, and not only when you have children, but at least as a parent, you have to make sure that at least your household, they are covered, because we have to speak against or speak through to break this culture that we have, where we feel life insurance is for those who are dying and things like that. So I think as a people, this is something that we have to make sure that at least we are doing all our due diligence to chat with everybody out there to ensure that at least people are informed. So let me say welcome to our colleague, uh, let's see, 978, 978, area code 978. That would be Joshua, Joshua Mwanza. Thank Joshua. you. Oh, Joshua. Okay. So Mr. Mwanza, this West is Coast. the gentleman. Oh, okay. Yeah, so welcome, Mr. Mwanza. We've had a chat. I think I traveled some time to 
be part of the book presentation or ceremony that you had. And I'm also aware that you were the past president for the Illinois chapter. So welcome to the show, sir. Oh, no, no. It's not that Joshua, sorry. It's Joshua Man's West Coast. Oh, this is a, oh, that's, oh, that's the different, oh, okay. My apologies, sir. So, uh, well, in any case, welcome to our program. Thank you for having me. Oh, okay, okay. I see I was uh, on a rant uh, talking about the other Joshua, but welcome to our show. What What's your take on life insurance? Uh, I think uh, life insurance is um, very vital to accepting it to that. I believe it's essential that pretty much everybody needs to have. Um, I know there are a lot of cultural barriers when it comes to thinking about life insurance, but it, it does more than the, more than just uh, you know paying for debt and stuff like that. So it's a it's a very very important uh, asset to have in your in your portfolio. Uh, it doesn't matter as a parent or for children. Uh, I took my life insurance for my kids. I believe when my daughter was born, it was just like two weeks old. You know, I never did it literally for death, but I looked at also the other benefits that comes along with it. So it's a very, very important uh, thing that every, everybody needs to have. Just based on the experience of uh, having seen what most of my clients have gone through and stuff like that. So that's my take on it. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yeah, so let's go back to President uh uh, Blair Sia Jones, uh, the former president for Illinois. Can you speak in terms of uh, experiences that you've had uh, in relation to life insurance? Speak a little bit about that so at least our listeners can understand why as leaders we are pushing for all of us, if we don't already have life insurance, to sign up for either final expenses insurance or at least to have some minimum of life insurance. Can you speak to the importance of that? Thank you, President Noah, and thank you, Brother Joshua Manza, for sharing the story about how you bought life insurance for your two-week-old baby. Um, as has been alluded to here, um, we are, number one, we are far away from home. We are thousands of miles from home. And when we leave uh, the motherland, we go to international airports, our Bluetooth, our relatives escort us there, and they say goodbye to you, and you come here. When you arrive, you send word uh, how well you're doing and uh, all that. And with time passing, and uh, just to give some context, when ZANUS was formed, the first thing that we tried to do was uh, to understand our demographics as a Zambian diaspora here in the U.S. So we pushed the survey to every state to ask questions like, how long have you been here? What line of work are you in? You know, And um, from that data, we ascertained that most Zambians have been here around 15, 20 years. So what that means is that when you factor in the age at which we leave Zambia, most of us, you don't leave Zambia when you're a child, you leave Zambia when you're an adult. So you add 20 years to the years that you came here. If you came at 30, you're now approaching 50. And this is the age, you know, where these things uh, begin to manifest, the comorbidities that we talk about. So 
the data is suggesting that, you know, most of us are aging. So the importance of life insurance and things like wills becomes more critical. Here in Chicago, and I think uh, President Irene, who is the current president of uh, the Zambians in Illinois, is, is on the call. We've had cases where people have come from other states. They come into Illinois. Chicago, of course, is one of the vibrant cities in the U.S. So they come here, and um, some of them say, I don't want to connect with Zambians. I'll make it on my own. I've uh, got a job. I'll make it on my own. But when they fall sick or something happens, and they're in a hospital. Maybe they're even unconscious. The people that are in that hospital will not know what to do. They don't know our culture. They don't know how to talk to a Zambian parent. If the parent in Zambia doesn't understand English, even if you give them a number, how are they going to talk to you, to your, your blues if they don't understand English? And I'll give examples here. Um, a couple of years ago, this is a thing actually that led me to become uh, engaged as a, a leader in, in, the, in the community here in Chicago. I was at home, and about 11 p.m., I got a call from a Zambian who works at the hospital saying there's a woman here. She's in a bad state, and um, they think she's Zambian, but she has no relatives. The people that are looking after her are panicking because she might pass. So they're looking for any Zambian who can help. So me and my wife, we, we got together and we rushed to the hospital. And sure enough, we found this woman was, she couldn't talk. But these people provided a number of a brother in, in, in somewhere across to Chongwe. And he was, the only language he spoke was Soli. I know a bit of Soli, so I talked to him and I explained the situation. And he said, let me talk to her. And I put the phone to her ear, and she tried to respond, but she couldn't. You could see she's trying, but she couldn't. So cut the story short, the next day she passed. And, you know, of course, we had to raise money and all that. Thank God we did. But I wish in our Zambians that we would um, say what everybody's saying here. We know it's guaranteed to happen, whether you are... Uh, healthy now, but eventually we all know we have an appointment. So it's good that we talk about these things while we're still healthy and we plan for them, just like my brother Joshua is talking about insuring his kids. He's looking at the situation and planning for it. There are so many things that we can do right now, like uh, Brother Mashiki has said, you know, there are options. There's MetLife, which is a, a Zambian insurance company, which offers coverage there's also Hartford Insurance, which covers you as a group. So, of course, we understand there are issues like you don't have papers, you don't have a Social Security number, but there are ways we can together, you know, work through these issues, at least plan and kind of um, have a, a system that works. Because uh, when something happens here, uh, the leaders of the community are on the hook. The relatives back home are expecting the body. And, you know, we know what it takes. It takes no less than $10,000 to get a body back to Zambia. So 
we are on the hook with this GoFundMe, and right now it's not a. There's kind of like donor fatigue in the Zambian community. I want to put that out there. As leaders, we need to understand the the, the, the community. So right now, these people are reluctant to give to GoFundMe. So what it means is that we have to push for plans to be put in place, and we have to offer this information. And it's basic things, you know. It's the cost of a, a cup of coffee. You can buy insurance. So I thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about and restate this issue. And I'm sure others will add the personal stories that uh, I'm not, Chicago is not the only one that has struggled with these issues. We know other states have uh, had similar issues. So we'll hear from other parts of the country where these things uh, have happened and, you know, how we can together work as leaders and as Zambians to connect each other, you know. I always say that uh, I don't know why it was easy for uh, Stanley, uh, an American reporter, to find David Livingstone in the middle of Africa over 100 years ago. But sometimes in America, Zambians claim they can't find each other, you know. With social media, with all the tools that we have, we should be able to get together and connect, join a, a local association, join OZA, at least, you know, be a part of uh, the community and find out what options for life insurance, how if, if you want, if you have um, plans to write a living will, there are people who can help. There are Zambians with skills on how, you know, you can, you can write instructions. In the case where, you know, you are in a hospital, you're unconscious, they don't know whether to keep you on life support for six months. They don't know what, whether you want to be resuscitated, if you have an event. We need to talk about all these things as leaders and help each other so that we can equip ourselves because these situations will arise. And sometimes they, they will call the Zambian Association. That's in the area. You know, I've been called for things like uh, marriage. There's a, uh, a Jamaican guy who was marrying a Zambian. And I had to rush there just to represent uh, the Zambian side because he wanted to know what to do. So the issues that arise in our communities that need uh, Zambians with uh, the know-how, the heritage, the customs, the traditions. So I also urge us to think about how we can empower our own communities by participating, by bringing ideas to the table, whether we have to use social media, whatever it is we have to do, because there will be a need. Imagine... If we are having challenges now, imagine how the next generation, our kids, who have no direct roots to Zambia, how challenging it will be for them when they want to get married, when they want to decide where to bury us, <laughs> you know, if we don't have wills. These things will be challenging. So let's address these issues. Let's share stories so that we can make it better for each other. Thank you, Bernardo. Yeah, thank, thank you, sir, for... Uh, at least explaining and giving at least some reference point because as leaders I know most people we we try so hard to communicate to ask our people to join uh, and they they have the option to subscribe to any insurance program of their choosing so some of us we are we are working with Madison Life Insurance in Zambia or M Life and then there's the cultural group on the most on the west coast most of the associations there, but it's incumbent upon us whilst we live to make sure that at least we are taking the necessary steps to be to have that dignified send off 
So at this point, let me say welcome to our current Illinois chapter president. Uh, this is Irene White. Irene, welcome to our program. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Noah. I'm so sorry I came in so late. I'm I'm working, so I had to uh, teach in because uh, Blair, you know, took over for me. Thank you so much, Blair. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Irene. Yeah. So. Yeah. So now we're gonna say hi to our one of our executive members here. This is Mr. Debele, who is going to share a little bit about life insurance. Mr. Ndebele, over to you, sir. All right, thank you, thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to say something. Um, I think a lot of good information has been shared so far. Um, and the only thing that I would really want to emphasize on is that we as leaders, we really need to push this topic to the best we can because um, like it has been said, you know, this, there is no exceptions. These things will certainly happen. It's just a matter of time. So in that regard, it is important for us as the community leaders to make sure that we can push this topic, educate people, find ways how we can engage people so that they participate. And uh, I like the idea that was said earlier on that there was a survey that was taken at some point to kind of understand what we are actually dealing with. So we probably need to do more stuff like that and find out how many people have insurance, who has insurance with who. You know, it doesn't help to us knowing, you know, tying a name to who, who has insurance, but just to understand what we are dealing with. Like you say, 75% of our people don't have insurance, and then we know right at the end of the day of what kind of problems are we bound to, to face, you know? Because at the end of the day, they're the living people who are going to face these problems. That's one aspect of it. The other thing is we need to teach our people to be proactive. And most of the times, the reason why people don't take uh, life insurance is that we wait until it's not that people don't understand it. Sometimes it's just a question of people, they, 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 they don't, they think that there's always plenty of time for them to take react, to react to situations. And by the time they wanting to do something, it's probably to be too late. So we need to emphasize for our people that it's important for them to be proactive, to be able to take, have a will, have insurance, you know, so that it minimizes the stress that the children will have in the event of somebody passing. So that's my kind of my uh, my input for now. Those are the key things that I think as leaders we need to push to understand, to make sure that our people understand these things. And then the other thing is how best can we engage our people? Will be probably one way is assign people, you know, every member of the community needs to have at least five people their account uh, um, responsible to ensure those five people have insurance there for their will. More like cell groups. I don't know if those of you have got cell groups. You know, have five people that you're responsible for. So if each person within our community can have five people that you're responsible for, 
help them out to make sure that they afford these key things, you know, life insurance and the will. That's my input. Okay, all right. Thank, thank you, sir. So at, at this point, we're going to go back to uh, the OZA Secretary General, and after we uh, he's, he's spoken, then we'll introduce Mr. Cuthbert Machemera, who is going to be sharing about some the the, the 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 program that they have. So the question that I have for the OZA Secretary General is, what do you see uh, some of the challenges? Because we know back back home in Zambia. Uh, we could say our culture, our tradition, and the way people are being raised is different because uh, we stick to our traditional ways in Zambia. But when we come to the United States, now I want you to speak uh, on the the Zambians that are here, here in the United States, because I think being in the United States, of course, then we subscribe to a different culture, a different set of values and systems. Just like they say, when you're in Rome, you do as the Romans do. So when you look at most of the Americans here, they have life insurance. They have plans in play because I think most of the when, – when some of them die, that's when I think some of the – there is that wealth creation uh, from these policies when they are cashed in. So the, the, the question to you, Mr. Akashambatwa, or Aka, I'll just call you Aka. Uh, Aka, the question that I have for you, what would you say are some of the issues or challenges why it's, Zambians don't sign up for life insurance, especially those who had the opportunity to travel and be in places like here, the United States? Um, th- thank you again um, for this opportunity um, on this very important topic. Um, I, th- I think we have to realize that um, as human beings, we are a we are creatures of habits, and uh, not just habits, but the habits informed by our um, persona, personality that is also is a function of our tradition, our culture, our values. And uh, as someone pointed out here, um, I think it was Blair that, that, that mentioned and talked about, you know, um, some of the inertia that we face in, in assimilating to, to certain, uh, you know, conditions and, and requirements as we live in the diaspora. It's the same thing that you find at personal level where we feel that um, uh, what happens to us is not the responsibility of ourselves, but uh, the entire uh, extended family and community. Now, let me uh, quickly expand what I'm talking about. Um, In Zambia, you know that when someone dies, it is the responsibility of those that are alive to take care of that. You know, and um, to take care of the expenses, to make sure we bury our own. You know, that's where all those things come from. We will take care and bury our own. And um, and then you also have uh, this belief system that uh, the community will wrap around those that are mourning, that are in an, an unfortunate situations, to help and support them. 
And uh, so that is inculcated in our uh, culture, in our traditions, such that it is by extension, um, it, it is also inculcated in our persona and character, values and beliefs. So when you supplant us from Zambia and bring us in a different culture, there will be in Asia uh, to, to the change. Now, we can change certain aspects that are of immediate, um, uh, that have immediate impact to our lives, such as work, uh, making sure we're paying the bills on time, because here they don't play, they'll cut your bills off, they'll cut your lights off, they'll cut your utilities off if you don't pay on time. So we learn very quickly that those things that impact us immediately, we have to take care of. Um, and then there are things that stay in the backside of our minds, things like uh, investing long-term uh, you know, buying some some kind of a house or a property here and there. Um, and, and if you look at the Zambian community, um, um, we are because of because of these factors, uh, we have uh, been kind of uh, we come to the scene late most of the times. Okay, we have not been able to. Um, Effect the change, the cultural change, and the paradigm shift, to make sure that we can learn certain things that have worked for our our hosts here, and 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 use them to our advantage as a community and as as people and as personals at at the individual level, and so and part of that is because of the inertia to change. We are always always fighting change as human beings, but it's more so for us especially Zambians, because of our culture. But the good news is that because of programs like this one, because of consistent messaging by community leaders, by association leaders, by OZA and many other organizations that have realized that we are creating an unnecessary burden on ourselves by not taking advantage of the um, the investments that we can make that can pay forward for us and for our families. There's been a slow and gradual change. And, uh, and that again, answering your question, and make sure that I, I stay on your question, uh, I don't drift too much, is the, the reason why people don't buy insurance instantly is because of our culture because of our culture of dependency. Okay, if you forget everything that we have said, uh, the most important point here is that we come from a culture of dependency. Okay, we depend on our relatives. You know, when you're in trouble, you call your uncle. Um, you, when this comes up, you call your this one. Here, on the other hand, it's all individualistic culture. You take care of you and your immediate family, your wife, your children, that's it, okay? Extended families, maybe once in a while you can support them, but they are not entitled, or they are not, it's not a must or guarantee that uh, your brother will help you here. That's not how the society works. And, and I think that cultural uh, uh, um, the differences kind of shocks us, and we do not respond uh, immediately 
to, 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 to this kind of lifestyle here. So we kind of create some kind of breaks and begin to rely on our fellow Zambians here. Uh, we know uh, if, if today Aka is, is sick or whatnot, they know they're going to see like what was the case that he was explaining. Or I can call uh, Noah uh, as, as president and uh, leader in the community of, of Zanus. He's going to take care of me. Okay? So, so there is that silent, silent um, belief, a small bit in the back of our minds where we know, oh, you know what, my people take care of me. Okay, because because of the culture. Uh, but I think, like someone said, there's been a realization, there's a slow realization that, look, we have to take care of ourselves now while we are alive. And also, because there is donor um, fatigue, someone said, okay, in terms of funerals. Okay, because a lot of people are beginning to realize, okay, you know what, as a people, we need to learn. This has happened so many times, we should learn from it. One person dies, or there's no insurance, we struggle to raise that $10,000 to send the body. I've been at the center of such unfortunate events. Um, the Secretary General of, of, of that together with our leadership, most of the times we, we are called upon to intervene especially when there's repatriation and there's struggle in raising money. Um, our president, Mr. Sadiq Gelo, will be contacted, and we come in as OZA to try and support an association or any, any grouping or some kind of situation somewhere. But, again, we have seen it, and I can confirm to what uh, uh, my fellow leader here, I think it was, it was uh, uh, Blair that said, there's donor fatigue towards this issue. And that's why it's important that uh, we accelerate this paradigm shift away from the culture and uh, the tradition of depending on extended uh, associates and relations and families. Because um, um, facts are facts, and the truth is the truth. Uh, it's expensive to take care of someone uh, who has passed on without any kind of investments or protection, financial protection that is required to take care of them or repatriate them back home. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well put, Aka. Well put, Aka, because I think there is that fatigue. I like the fact that you speak about the dependent syndrome or mentality that we have. So before I have Mr. Cuthbert Machamera come in, let me have the... Uh, the association leader for Las Vegas, Mr. Jimmy Katuta, to come in and just, if, if Mr. Katuta, if you can just sort of expand or share some thoughts in terms of breaking the mentality uh, for our people, because we, uh, I like the way Aka has put it. It's the mentality of knowing that somebody is going to bail me out. But when you look at the people here in the United States, they, I mean, they, our, our native people here, native in this case, like uh, uh, regular Americans, they do not depend on family members. They actually put their plans, just like Aka has, has spoken. So, Mr. Katuta, wh what's, your, what's your take on the discussion so far? Well, uh, 
Good morning. I don't know what time is it. I think it's afternoon. There's still morning here. Uh, President Noah, thank you for this opportunity and just the uh, the platform. And to everybody on the call, on the radio show, thank you for your input. Um, this, everything that needs to be said, I think has been said uh, from all the leaders that have spoken and shared here. The one thing that uh, we should really explore as leaders is, is there a way that perhaps we can set aside a fund and select certain demographics or certain areas where we can pick a group of people, especially the elderly, that may not have uh, finances to pay for the insurance, and we pick a few of them and we pay for them for at least one year. Um, because what I have noticed is that the reason most of us don't try to get life insurance is because we feel that we won't qualify. Uh, we feel that because of pre-existing conditions or whatever their circumstances may be, people just don't want to go through the process because they feel they'll be denied. That is why I have uh, I've endorsed President Mwengu of uh, the California, the Northern California area. I've endorsed his plan of group life insurance, which is through Hartford. I and my wife, my family, my mother, my sisters are all, all signed up for that. And it's very, very inexpensive. I'm not trying to create any competition, but I think we should formulate a way where we, uh, we, we should formulate a system, rather, where all of us can put our heads together and take this to our community. Uh, my brother from Oza, I'm sorry, I don't remember the name. Um, I think it was Blair. Uh, what he's saying is very, very important and valid. Uh, we need to get insurance for our people because, for one, you have to understand, fellow leaders, it is not only embarrassing for us to be going begging for people to give us money through GoFundMe to bury our people. It's just we are too educated and too rich as Zambians to be dealing with that. We should find a way to overcome that. Now, I'm not suggesting that this is going to be an easy task by no means, not at all. I will give you a short, boring example. I am the current president of the African diaspora of Las Vegas, where we have 27 countries represented. So this story of death is far too familiar to me. I deal with this on a regular basis, especially with this COVID uh, pandemic. I was just at a funeral last night. One of our board members, who was Nigerian, died. Uh, not too long ago, a friend of ours, a Zambian, uh, died in L.A. So, and then, as leaders, we are burdened with this because we can't run from it. Uh, we can't shy away from it. Like my other brother said, when somebody reached out to him and said there was a Zambian who was in the hospital dying, whether, he, whether our brother here was the leader of the community or not, if somebody knew who he was, they reached out to him, and guess what? He was out there doing what a leader should do, and for that, my brother, I commend you. And that's the kind of behavior we expect from our leaders. So what we need to do is, and I'd like to put this out there, put it up for debate, we need to find people that we can say, okay, so let's pick maybe 10 families. 
Um, whatever criteria we use, we can work the, uh, the logistics later. And we say we'll pay for them for the first year. Um, and then after that, uh, we pick a different family. And then we go on and on until we find, maybe with our 501c3s that we have collectively, we can find a grant that might help us uh, cover our people. So in a nutshell, the story of Zambians dying abroad and us going around trying to raise money for GoFundMe has been like, the, uh, I think it was Blair who said, uh, our community is dollar fatigued because every time you put a, you pay, somebody passes, you find yourself, you're, you're giving money, and then another one passes, and then another one, and then another one. How long can we do? It's, it's unsustainable. So I believe that we should put something in place that should cover everybody and starting with a small group. That is my take, President Noah. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Well said, sir. You are listening to Zanus Radio Show. It comes every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, now we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to uh, ask the... There's a gentleman we have extended an invitation. He's Mr. Cuthbert Machemera, and they have a program which I like. I think it's a it's a good program. So, Mr. Chamera, if you can share with us uh, a little bit about you, the program that you are you are running there. Thank you, sir. Thank Thank you very much. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. My name is Cuthbert Machemera. I'm uh, president for. Uh, the Rest Haven Community Fund. Uh, Rest Haven Community Fund is primarily a Zimbabwean-run um, association, but we have opened it to uh, our fellow um, African, you know, uh, colleagues who would like to join us. Um, and we actually have some right now uh, who are members. You know, we have uh, a few who are members who are not Zimbabwean, uh, but it's something that it's a, a concept that came across. You know. I mean, was uh, into inception from you know leaders in the Zimbabwean community, just like you all are doing here. I just want to commend all the speakers that came before me, uh, who spoke especially about the importance of life insurance. I cannot re reiterate how important that is. I have life insurance myself. Um, you know, uh, yes, sometimes you need it when you have young kids, but even when kids are grown, sometimes some many of us are still paying on our mortgages. And the last thing that you want is when you die, uh, if you and your wife have been paying your mortgage together, you don't want her left with one income, and then she can no longer pay the full amount that you were able to pay because now one of the incomes is gone. So when you have life insurance, that can be a boost in terms of securing, making sure that, uh, you know, the, the home, the, the, the wife, after losing, or, or, or husband, after losing a spouse, they don't end up losing their home as well. The program that we have, uh, though, is not quite life insurance as, as it were. Uh, like I said, I commend life insurance. I don't see this as a competition with life insurance. I see it as a complement to it, meaning even if you are getting your life insurance, this is something that you would also possibly want to consider. We have a program that focuses specifically on death. And, um, and what it does is, uh, again, our biggest competitor that we are trying to run out of business is GoFundMe, uh, because these people here may do it, but for us, uh, yes, while we do it, it's a little bit of an embarrassment. And I, I don't know for some of you, if you, sometimes I've seen when people die, like from the Zimbabwean community, 
Uh, sometimes the death appears on some of our online uh, magazines uh, or newsletters, and uh, and then you know it will, the story will come there to say, but they are appealing for money through the GoFundMe. Uh, you can send money to this source. I mean, this uh, um, uh, through these these ways. And then if you scroll down and you go to the comments, the comments are usually very negative, and that it becomes a big embarrassment just. The fact that you have died, you are respectable in community, and yet people begin to assail you that way after your death. You know, as African people, we don't like to assail people after they, uh, they die. But I see that happening a lot when people are trying to raise money. So what we have is a situation where when somebody dies, we have an association whereby when people join, they join on the condition that they are promising to help others who experience death. We have the expectation that when they also experience death, then they'll get help. And the people who get help are the people that you sign up. Meaning if I, I, I'm a member, I can sign up my spouse, I can sign up my children, I can sign up my parents, I can sign up my, some extended family members. And when I sign them up, those people that have been signed up are the ones that, will get, that I will get help for when they die. Uh, what, the way our program runs is that when someone else dies in the, within the association, my own contribution is calculated by the number of people that I that I signed up. So if I signed up two people, uh, or we say five people, this is that's our minimum. Our minimum is five people. If I sign up five people, right now we contribute fifteen dollars per person. If I sign up five people, it means that when somebody dies, I'm paying seventy-five dollars. If I sign up, you know, ten people, then it means when somebody dies, I'm contributing one hundred and fifty dollars, uh, and that's how it goes. And then when one of those people that uh, I signed up dies. The community gives me $5,000. And we pay that. Uh, we set a deadline of paying that amount within two business days. But with the uh, several deaths that have happened, we have been able, I mean, except for one where we had some, you know, logistic issues, we have been able to pay on all of them within 24 hours. And uh, that helps a lot, especially when somebody dies at home in, you know, in Africa and you want to travel, that helps you to be able to, to travel within, in other words, you can actually file your, your, your claim and be able to actually buy your ticket uh, and still be able to get home, uh, you know, before somebody's buried. And one thing, the one thing that we like about the cash thing that we do, because they, we have other funeral programs, both in Zimbabwe and here, whereby you buy a program, you subscribe to a program, but they either say when somebody dies, we'll buy you a ticket or two, uh, we'll buy you a casket, we'll provide a bus or something like that. What we like about our program is that with cash, it gives you the freedom to decide how to use it. Imagine if you signed up for a program that gives you two tickets if your parent dies, and then your parent dies today and there's coronavirus and you can't travel. It means you have been paying for that benefit, but you can't use it because now the, it has happened. Um, you, you, know, you can't travel. You, even if you travel, the rules are such that the person has to be buried within a certain period, you know, in Zambia or in Zimbabwe, and therefore even if you travel by the time you get there, the person has been buried. This gives you a lot more flexibility on how you want to use your money. So that's what we do. Uh, people pay uh, $15 right now. As our membership increases, we lower our, our contributions because it means more people are contributing to the fund. So the contribution becomes lower. Uh, but right now our contribution is $15. We have about 500, a little more than 500 participants right now. Um, and again, like I said, we pay 5,000 when somebody dies. Uh, when you sign up today, um, 
you you will be eligible to submit a claim after three months, meaning you cannot sign up today and then come next week to claim for a death next week. But we give you three months before you can submit a claim, even though you start contributing for others. If you sign up today, uh, the people that you, you you sign up today will have three months, but those who you come to sign up later uh, will be subject to 180 days because what we are avoiding is a situation where you sign up some people, but then next time you hear somebody has been hit by a car, and then you know you come back to try and sign them up so the association can pay, even though you have not been insuring them before. So anybody that you sign up later will be subject to 180 days, 180 days waiting period. And I would say in um, in short, that's about it. Uh, people who qualify to be under that coverage is your your spouse, your in-laws, your children, extended family, you know, uncles, aunts, uh, nieces, and nephews. If you if it's your parents, they qualify up to any age. Uh, if it's extended family members, they qualify if they are signed up before their seventieth birthday. I would say in short, that's that's what we have. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Chimera, for taking time to be on this uh, call and also sharing uh, the program that you have. So before I uh, could I just open add one more detail? Or... Just one more line. Yes. Could I oh, just yes, add sir. one more detail? Yes, Yes, one other little you know detail is that right now we because this is our one year anniversary, so during the month of September, uh, I said like I said you join with a minimum of five people and the registration amount is uh, is five hundred dollars, which covers five people. Now that everybody who joins you know pays hundred dollars, one hundred dollars, I mean one hundred dollars, which is five hundred for five people, and that money is the money that we use to pay you when uh, you know to pay somebody when there's a debt, and then members. We give members the two weeks to contribute the $15 amount that I talked about. So what we are doing in the month of September to celebrate our anniversary is that anybody who wants to join, if they sign up people now in September, uh, they can sign up and pay a 50% deposit, which would be $250, or whatever number of people that you are signing up. If you are signing up eight people, it's $400, and you have until October 31 to pay the balance. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Again, thank you, Mr. Machamera. So... I like the, the the way you put it. This is not life insurance, but this is a, a supplement, something that you can have uh, aside from your uh, life insurance. So, of course, we want people to have life insurance, but I think this is just one way for the the people in Zimbabwe to help one another. So, again, I think in the, the previous meeting that I had with Mr. Machemera, he mentioned that this uh, the, the Zimbabwean community is open for the Zambian community if we have enough to sort of emulate the system that they have or we could be part of, part of, part of the, the, the same program that they have. I just wanted to make sure that at least the goal, just like he has pointed out, the goal is sort of to phase out this GoFundMe account. Because when you have some life insurance, then you are assured of something coming in. And then this program is just sort of an assistance program among us, just like brothers and sisters. So before we open it up for everyone, anyone else who has a question, please, first of all, make sure you unmute your phone if you have, you're not ready to ask a question. So if you are ready to ask a question, then you'll be able to unmute and then mute back. Because the reason is we want to make sure that at least we cut down on the background noise when all the lines are unmuted. So again, make sure you are muted if you are not ready to ask a question. So let, let's ask the team, first of all, um, 
Mr. Mr. Aka, Aka, what what what's your take on what you've heard so far? I I, th- I think uh, um, that sounds like a very very good uh, initiative, and um, again, anything that supports and anything that enhances our community's ability to take care of itself is always welcome. And I'm I'm, I'm happy that um, uh, colleagues here have been able to share such initiatives, and I took note um, to make sure that um, maybe um, I can make follow-ups on some of these initiatives that have been been said here. Again, um, the idea for me and for, for um, our, our team at OZA is to ensure that uh, our Zambian community, um, is, is our Zambian community's interest is advanced and, um, and that our, their aspirations are, uh, are promoted. And one of those things includes tapping into such uh, initiatives and, uh, and programs that help our people um, in terms of need. So I'm glad that he's uh, is here. Uh, Zimbabweans are our brothers by extension, um, you know, and we, we work together. It's not the first time that I'm working through a program that is uh, out of Arare. Um, not too long ago, um, M Life was collaborating with us and uh, another program, DF um, um, uh, CA in uh, UK, which is actually out of Zimbabwe. So. I mean, we are we are one people. Um, I, I, I would definitely uh, support such initiatives that actually enhances our community's ability to actually handle emergencies and uh, uh, particularly uh, funerals. Okay, all right. Thank, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. So now we go to Mr. Joshua. Uh, what's your take on what you have heard and any? Any words of wisdom, any stories you wish to relate, just because we want to ensure our goal here is to phase out this life in this GoFundMe account. Just any, anything you wish to add on. Yes, thank you very much again for having me. Um, so just a, an observation. Uh, cause I work in the life insurance industry, and... Um, one of the things that I found, I mean, I've been doing this for like eight years now, is that just because of our traditions, sometimes it's always hard to kind of penetrate the African markets because every time they had life insurance, they had death. So I think mm-hmm. we need to preach it. You need to preach life insurance beyond death because life insurance is not just about death. A lot of people do not know a lot of benefits that you get from life insurance while you're still alive. I literally get paid while you're still alive. I'll give you an example. If, for example, you find a situation where you have a terminal illness, it takes you a year, two years, whatever, the doctor confirms it, there are policies that can actually pay you while you're still alive and you don't have an income coming in. Where you have a chronic illness, the same situation. When you have a critical illness, things like heart attack, cancer, all those things, Companies, a lot of companies now have got policies that will pay you. And there are now a lot of companies that have come up with products, which if nothing happens to you, let's say you had the term policy, at the end, they give you back all your money. 
couple of years ago, I was asked to speak at the Women's Conference right, right here in Boston. And I wasn't even prepared. The pastor just called me two days before. I went there, I just put something real quick, and I just talked about exactly what I talked about. Nobody in that room I spoke to those women had ever heard about what I was talking about. Okay. Now, that kind of changed the way they thought about life insurance. Because all along it was like, oh, you get life insurance? Okay, we have to start preparing about your dying. Last year I lost my aunt right uh, in Las Vegas, and I'd like to thank Mr. Jimmy Katuta. He played a key role in ensuring that everything went smooth uh, regarding my, uh, my aunt's death. Now, when my aunt died, that, during that period, she lost income. She was still here. She lost income for, for, quite a, for, for a short period of time when, when the cancer diagnosis came in. When that, when that cancer diagnosis came, if she had the type of policies that I'm, I'm talking about, my aunt would have had a stable income throughout that period prior to her death. When you begin to think of, talk about life insurance in those terms, people begin to think of life insurance differently. I mean, the amount of calls I get when they hear about the type of stuff I'm talking about shoots through the roof when I speak at, at women's conferences. I speak at a lot of them. So we need to change the way we, we communicate with our people. Let's not just say we're doing life insurance because you have to die, and then we have to bury you. What happens? When you ha- we ha- I had a, a, young, a young lady assist at my church two years ago. Cancer diagnosis. She was out of work for nine months. The husband had to travel to the, to the United States from Liberia. He, was, he wasn't working. He didn't have papers. I can't even imagine the financial distress they had during that nine months before she died. If that, if that sister of mine had the type of person I'm talking about, you know, yes, they would have been going through the, the caring and everything, but I know the financial burden wouldn't have been there while the husband was caring for the wife. So I think we need to change a little bit in the way we communicate with our people regarding life insurance. And that changed when I, when I just spoke differently at the women's conference. And I've never communicated with Africans the same since that time. So I think that is something that we need to look at as we begin, we begin to go deeper into our communities and encouraging them to get into, into uh, life insurance programs. That's my two cents. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mwanza. So right now we're just going to play a little song to give people a few minutes to stretch and maybe get a cup of water and things like that. And then once we get back, then we're going to open the phone lines. So if you have questions, make sure at least you get ready with your questions. And after the song, then we'll go ahead and resume. So a few minutes just to stretch and relax. Enjoy this beautiful song by B1. Good man, but my name is a good man. 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 My name is a
song by B1 there so for the I think for Mr. Machamera that song just talks about when somebody dies that's when people say a lot of good stuff like he was a good man but when somebody uh, was I mean when they were leaving uh, nobody paid attention and things like that so the song just talks about hey uh, don't just say uh, somebody was a good man when they they pass so you need to appreciate people and say the truth uh, when somebody dies. So that's a little bit about that song. So ladies and gentlemen, again, this is the Norse Radio Show. Today we have an extended uh, version of our show. Normally we run for an hour, but this, considering the magnitude of our uh, discussion, we decided to extend the the program to uh, another extra 30 minutes. So uh, at this time, all the mics are unmuted, so if you have a question, you have a comment, please, this is the time to, you can ask, of course, again, we have our special guest, Mr. Machemera, with a, an insurance program that they have for the community in Zimbabwe, and they are okay for us to duplicate what they have to share with our people here. So at this time, any questions, concerns, comments? President, no, I have, a, I, I have a yes. question, or more like a, an inquiry, really. Uh, do we have, out of all the leaders that have spoken here, do we have uh, an insurance that will take people without Social Security numbers? And if we don't, what can we do to have such a policy? Yeah, so I'll let Mr... Uh, uh, before I come in, Mr. Machamera, if you can speak about your program in terms of the people that uh, qualify. Uh, um, for us, the only requirement to qualify is that the primary member, the one who registers, has to be a resident in the United States. And the reason for that is that uh, we have a requirement that if you collect uh, money 
from the people that are assisting you, you have to remain a member for an additional two years. That way you are not just joining to collect money and you leave. We have a requirement that uh, anybody who collects money, you know, is, you know, is obliged to stay an active member for an additional two years. And, and if they do not stay that long, then we have a right to actually sue to be able to recover what we gave, gave them uh, minus what they contributed to the association. So we would not be able to implement that if somebody lives in Canada or UK or in Zambia or Zimbabwe. So that is the only requirement that we have. We don't have any other requirement. Just residence in the United States is the only thing that we require. And just while I'm on the air, I might also just ask for that some of you, uh, some of your listeners who may be interested. Uh, we also have, if you need more information about our association, we have a website, and the rest um, uh, website is uh, www.resthavenfund.org. Uh, www.resthavenfund.org. And uh, you can also text me or even call me if you need more information. And if you'd like to write the number, it's 817-966-2926, 817-966-2926. But otherwise, in short answer to your question, uh, is all we need is somebody to be residing in the United States. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so in addition to Mr. Machimera, uh, M-Life or Madison Life Insurance, because that's a group that we have here in, in Indiana. We've had life insurance going on with Madison Life. And Madison Life, for those who may not know, it's a company based in Zambia, and it covers Zambians and it covers Zimbabweans. I think they are in the process of extending their coverage to others. I think also just want to uh, mention that Madison Life Insurance in Zambia, of course, have had countless calls from people saying, hey, that company is going through challenges in Zambia and things like that. So there is a difference, just like you have renter's insurance, you have auto insurance, you have boat insurance, you have, there are all kinds of insurance. So Madison Life in Zambia, as far as the Madison Life Insurance or final expenses, it's fine. And I've been with them for quite some time. I have seen they have covered some funerals that uh, people here in the United States have died, and they were able to cover the expenses in the range of 10000 plus for each each funeral. And the funeral that I think the uh, the, the last one that we had, I think the, the family is not ashamed to say that Madison Life covered. When our president, Susan, died in Philadelphia, the Madison Life Insurance, the same that people think it has problems, it was able to cover that funeral. For, for our colleague and uh, uh, pre President Susan Mohoney. So the answer again to the question is, if you are a Zambian on Madison Life Insurance, you do not have to have a social security number. You just have to be a Zambian. But the cultural benefits group, which is the underwriters, uh, is Hartford Life Insurance, which is a solidified, I mean, bona fide American company. You have to have a social security number. But so the answer to the question is, no social security number is required for Madison Life. Yes, a social security number is required for Hartford Life Insurance. So that's the answer to the question. Any other question? Yeah, thank you, President. No, this is Blair again. Uh, so I just wanted to add uh, to what has been said so far, and I'm so glad you pointed out uh, the Madison Life Insurance terms. In addition to that, uh, 
President Irene, who is the current president of uh, the Chicago Zambians, is working on a, a negotiation where we will allow, because we always want to take into account um, the prevailing situation, but we talked about need to understand our demographics as leaders, to understand the challenges that the Zambians who are here are facing. So if they don't have papers, they don't have social security, um, then we can deploy a range of uh, options, just like we've heard from our, our Zimbabwean brother, that you just need to be a part of that association to get the benefits. So President Irene has uh, been working on a program where those of us that probably you know, don't have social security and we know we're from Zambia, if you can't access Madison, if you can't access Hudson Insurance, then there's another option that she's working on. And we're trying to make sure we cover all bases. And um, it is important, actually, this is the reason why we push for this uh, exchange of information. And I want to plug in here that we have uh, a Zanus website, www.zanus.org where you can find information because the biggest thing like with here unless you connect unless you access the information okay so that's a challenge with the I'm missing all the night Okay, let me know. Joshua Manza has said, you don't have to have insurance just cut off for your, your death and um, other things. There are ways you can exploit term insurance to pay for education, to pay for when you are, if you, you happen to have cancer or some life um, uh, impacting disease that stops you from going to work. Because we know the insurance in this country, going back to when you're in Rome, we know about the insurance in this country is mostly tied to your job. If you can't work, you don't have insurance. You don't have health insurance. You can't pay your life insurance. So we need to reemphasize that uh, there are ways, uh, options. If you find yourself cut off from the work insurance, what other options do you have? You have MetLife, you have Hartford, and then you have uh, the option of just joining the, the the body of Zambians, be present in the community where you are. The biggest challenge that we have, like I said, it was easy for Stanley, an American, to find David Livingston when he was lost in the middle of Africa. But the Zambians here who claim they can't know about the association in their city, yet when they are in trouble, you know, we are called upon to, to help them out. So I like the Zimbabwean idea, but you have to connect to it. You have to be a part of it. And I think that's the first step that we really need to emphasize. So we will put out information on how you can join your local associate. This platform is about the leaders. 
we have Las Vegas, we have um, California, we have Seattle, we have Georgia, we have leaders from across the United States. So every Zambian that is here has a menu of options to choose from. If you like the insurance that you have with work, tap into that. If you like MetLife, tap into that. If you like Hartford, tap into that. You can also join. Because I, I give you an example. Of, um, there are people that have died here because of how connected they were to the community, how relevant they were when they were alive. Even if you open it, some of them actually, we had to open GoFundMe, but the response was different. Within a space of a week, money was raised to, to, take the, to repatriate the body because they were a part of the community. It goes back to our culture. You know, if, if 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 you are in a community and you keep to yourself or you don't participate, guess what? When you need help, people will say, oh, yeah, he didn't come to my funeral. Why should I go to his funeral? Or he didn't do this for me. Why should I do this for him? So it, it, whatever option we are articulating as leaders, the members have to participate. Just like we heard about the Zimbabwe model, you have to join. And you, the, the person who joins has to recruit people. It's about numbers. We are looking for a 1,000 Zambians to join through the association because there's strength in numbers. If we had 10,000, just let me scale it back, just 1,000 Zambians on a single platform, whether through OZA or through the associations, if just each of those 1,000 Zambians gave it a dollar, that's $1,000. If they gave $10, that's $10,000, and you would have the body in Zambia because our relatives back home, they insist on these things just to make it more because uh, sometimes I think we don't go to the ugly stuff. There was a Zambian who died here in the state of Illinois, and unfortunately because of this donor fatigue and all these issues that we talked about, and this has happened elsewhere. We couldn't raise the money, and the person had to be cremated. The sad part is the, the relatives said, we don't, we don't want the ashes because this is what are we going to do with the ashes. So we need to talk about these things now and make it clear to every Zambian, you have a list of options. Please connect with the association, connect with OZA, connect where you are. If you have to join the Zimbabweans, by all means, join them. At least we we'll know you're covered. So that's my two cents, but I know, and uh, I'll let other callers ask to add. Okay. No, well said, well said, sir. So, again, we are sort of running low on time. We just have, like, less than two, three minutes to wind up. So, ladies and gentlemen, I think I'll go ahead and just summarize uh, uh, due to lack of time. So, Thank you again, Mr. Machemera, for taking time to be on our show. We'll share your number with our communities, respectively. Again, thank you for your time. And also thank you to Mr. Joshua Mwanza and also Mr. Aka, representing OZA. So as leaders, it's incumbent upon us to ensure that at least we are doing everything possible to sensitize and educate our people because death is not if it will happen, it's, it, it's when it will happen. So I know most of us are very relaxed and we just want to feel 
no, death won't happen, but it will happen. So if it's something that you are guaranteed it will happen, then it makes every sense for you to ensure that at least you put all the necessary plans ahead of time. So just like you've heard, some of us here in Indiana, we have M-Life or Madison Life Insurance, and you do not have to have a social security number to join. And the good thing with Madison Life Insurance is you can actually cover your folks back home for a sum of 5000 So we have had life insurance going on for here in Indiana for over five years. And the insurance that we've had is made Madison Life, and then I know our people, there is a lot that they talk about Madison Life uh, on the social media, but Madison Life Insurance, life insurance, it's very much alive. They have been paying for the, I mean, the people who have launched in some claims. So you also have an option to go with uh, the cultural benefits group, or you can go with any other insurance program. So basically what we are pushing for as leaders, whether it's OZA, OZA is part of Zambia. I'm, I mean, some of us were members of OZA. I, as the association president for ZANUS, I attended the first OZA convention. I mean, we are working as Zambians, regardless of whichever organization you belong to. At the end of the day, we just want to ensure that at least we are sensitizing, educating our people to have life insurance. Because the end goal is we want to forego to eliminate this GoFundMe account. Because in, in as much as things happen, but it's incumbent upon us as leaders, as parents, to make sure that whilst we still have time, to make sure that at least we are looking into these important matters. So ladies and gentlemen, I know we've come to the end of our program. I wish we could have stayed on for another 30 minutes or so to discuss, but I just want to ensure that we are putting out the same message, uh, encouraging our folks in our communities to have life insurance. So again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Mr. Machamera. Thank you, Mr. Mwanza and all the leaders, uh, Mr. Aka, for joining. It's good night for now and enjoy this song.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.